how to dream, cowboys. Welcome back, everybody. It's the HBO boys. Now, basically, we're the Disney Plus boys. And this is Marvel's What If episode six, I want to say? No. Uh, no. It's eight. Episode eight. What if the show got interesting at the end? <laughs> what if they're going to do a two-part finale? And the first part was like, let's make a show with a narrative. Yeah, what if they wanted to tell an actual story? Right. So the, actually, the actual title is What If Ultron Won? But that's not, that that is really not the premise. The episode is What If Ultron, like, tied into what we've done so far in What If? And More or less. Natasha Romanoff was involved and Clint Barton was involved. And then the Watcher did something that wasn't watching. I think you guys are being a little uh, hard on the uh, on this episode already. No, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was a good yeah. one. All right, good. <laughs> yeah. Although I do like, Hawkeye is like Groundskeeper Willie in the Treehouse of Horror episodes where he like he dies mm. in every single one. <laughs> oh my God, yes. This episode <laughs> had everything. Hawkeye dying, the promise of a two-part season finale, a god fight, budget James Spader never being as good as James Spader would have been, which was a bummer. Hawkeye dying, Thanos being bisected, Captain Marvel getting shit on, President America, Lake Bell doing a stellar job, Hawkeye dying, the Watcher doing shit other than watching, like some sort of space pervert, Ultron chomping on a whole universe, Doctor Strange connection to his What If episode, uh, something that uh, I think nobody, no no one on the in the world called, Hawkeye dying, Hawkeye dying, and last but certainly not Hawkeye dying. So I think what the viewers need to take from this is that Ryan actually really likes Hawkeye. He just is trying to set up a character in these podcasts that doesn't like Hawkeye. So when the show comes out and he loves it, he can show a lot of growth. Yeah. Like personal growth. Yeah, you're right. This is a bit. And I have been uh, building up my hatred for a fictional character on a podcast that has like 10 people who listen to it total in a really long con. So I can be like, guys, guess what? Hawkeye is good. I think yeah, what, no, Ryan doesn't want to get teased for liking Hawkeye. It's like when, when you're in school and you're friends with like the bullied kid and you're like, well, I got to bully him too, even though I like him. That's not a good example. <laughs> All you got to do is come is come to this side because then as soon as you say you like Hawkeye, there are more of us than there are of them. Okay, one, you sounded like a weird robot in that moment who was like one of us, one of us and two, Hawkeye sucks. This is not a bit. <laughs> so, this episode you you thought it would begin where, you know, the 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 Thor one left off cuz they kind of made that cliffhanger, but no doesn't begin there. You thought that? I definitely didn't I did. think that. Because I was like, well, they're not going to, you know, if this is the finale, they're not going to waste a bunch of time setting it up. Now they did. They did. Well, the rumors the rumors were that the episodes came out out of order and that this the teaser of, like, Super Mega Ultron, Ultron Thanos, uh, was actually supposed to come in episode four, I believe, but then they reordered them to... Uh, confuse because they everyone. That that yeah, maybe confuse everyone or just, just to prevent them from spoiling their multi-part finale so in this one uh, for whatever reason they don't explain what the linchpin difference was this time but the avengers all lost to ultron 
Oh, no, they, okay, because they didn't steal Vision. They did something else, I guess. And so Yeah, well, the, the scientist didn't unplug Vision from uh, Ultron. And so now everyone is dead except somehow Hawkeye and Black Widow. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. The ones without any powers have survived because they are scrappy. And now they're in the, the post-apocalyptic nuclear winter where, like, they're the last two people on Earth. And rather than doing the sensible thing and being like, well, what's the point of life anyway? And just giving up and dying, they're like, no, we will avenge everyone and kill Ultron. Well, I mean, to be fair, James, as the Watcher did say, the humans have an indomitable spirit that Natasha and Clint personified in this episode until Hawkeye gave up. Right, he just does what I just said. Right. And, and... So at the beginning, they're going to the Kremlin to get secret documents that are there. From Russia with love. They're being attacked by the Ultron drones, which in this reality are weaker than the Putty Patrol. They just, like a single arrow in any part of them, if if a single arrow just flies by their face, they explode instantly. Right, like at every time in Game of Thrones... Season 8, when a scorpion ballista went by Danny and she just got slightly to the left. If she was those drones, they would have figured out how to put their face in front of the scorpion ballista. What a what a weird connection to make. But yeah. Um, I've been listening to our Game of Thrones podcast, back. Okay. Um, I always thought it was weird in, uh, when there's like robot apocalypse movies where like you, you take off the robot's head and then they stop moving. It's like, no, it's a robot. Its head doesn't necessarily mean that that's like where its CPU is. The CPU could be in its fucking foot. You know, why does dismembering the robot stop it from attacking you? (laughs) I like how you're really into, you need this to be okay. Well, it bothers me. It's, I, it's, I, we're, right. we understand well, and then also, that. like these robots are bulletproof, but they're not arrowproof. You think that that? No, they're not point, bulletproof because <laughs> okay. Natasha shot them and they died. I think in the guns. movie they were. Like this is the Iron Legion, like Iron Man robots, right? Aren't they supposed to be pretty tough? Presumably, they're stronger than the Iron Legion because he made them with the power of all five Infinity Stones. They could be made out of pure vibranium. Also, if right. they were fighting people like Thor or Captain America, then they would be stronger because it would have to be more of an interesting fight. But they're fighting two people without superpowers. So for them to win against a hundred of them, they have to be shit. So then we cut to the Watcher doing exposition of like how we got to this point. So as we mentioned, uh, at the end of Age of Ultron, everybody lost. And then Ultron is now like Vision, basically. He, he, I, I wish they had done more creatively with how he looked as Evil Vision, because he just looks like Vision. It's a little boring to me, you know? Like when he's first, at the beginning, when he's just Evil Vision, he looks like Vision with James Spader's voice. Oh my god, no, the voice was, I thought was awful. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't get a good James Spader impersonator. Ross Marquand did it, and he does a lot of voices. Like, I mean, he's in Invincible, he's in... Uh, robot chicken as red skull and voldemort and ian malcolm and ethan hunt and he's a consummate voice actor and aaron by the way in the walking dead but james spader sounds like james spader does yeah he's got a a very specific kind of timber to his voice and it's not just the timber it is like a swagger that like when robert downey jr isn't robert downey jr that's also very clear right because they're good at their jobs. 
Right. I mean, and, I, I guess so. I hear what you're saying, but when I, when I, 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 I guess I let my, my disbelief be suspended in these a bit in, in terms of the voice acting. Because yeah, r- rarely do they sound like their, their characters, but they are, they are still, I mean, if you, if you remove James Spader from it and just listen to the guy, I think he did a fine job. He did a bad James Spader impression, but he did a good, I'm this version of Ultron impression. Yeah, sorry. Next time I'll remove James Spader from Ultron and be like, I'm fine with this. Okay. okay. So, then after defeating the Avengers, he goes on to nuke the whole world and destroy basically everyone except for Hawkeye and Black Widow. And here's the problem with the premise of what if, and here's the problem that the MCU has had basically since Avengers 1. It's like, uh, okay, the whole world's being nuked. Uh, Doctor Strange, do you want to get on the get on the field here? No, Eternals, are you busy? <laughs> Save all of humanity. Yeah, right, no? Okay, right, yeah. but anyway, the world ends. It's all gone. Uh, I guess sometime later, Thanos shows up, insta killed by Ultron. Ultron, one Infinity Stone. Thanos, all the others, insta killed. It kind of makes you wonder if Vision could have just done that in the first place. I feel like if he could have done that in the first place, he would have. Although, to be fair, the Eternals problem and the Doctor Strange problem, I think, is all wrapped up into the could Vision have done that and he just chose not to problem, which is power levels are all over the place. Narratives just work out the way that they need them to work out to get to a end goal that they've decided on previously. And if you don't flush logic down the toilet when you start the episode, an episode I liked, by the way, then it's going to make it worse. Anywho, now he's got all the Infinity Stones, and now he turns into, like, evil supervision Ultron. And I liked this character design. I was much happier when he switched to this. He basically looks like Vision wearing an armor suit made of Ultron with the gems glued on top of it. Yeah, the Ultron suit. He then basically goes to destroy the entire cosmic MCU. Like, he goes to Ego and kills him. Finally. And he goes to Sakaar and destroys that. Good. He, disco- he destroys every named planet from the, the cosmic MCU movies. Perfect. And only then, after he's killed the whole universe, he's like, oh, I should have thought this through, because like now I'm bored. <laughs> now I'm alone. <laughs> and then he's is like, for the second time, what is it? Doctor Strange in his episode was like, who the fuck is narrating my life? Yeah, right. He can hear the Watcher and 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 see him through dimensions. He's like, oh, well, somebody to kill. Hey, wait right there. Let me come kill you. <laughs> and he blasts through the diamond. He's like, that wasn't even that hard. In the um, in the comics, the Infinity Stones have, have like, when you combine two of the stones, they have like an additional power. Like if you combine the Space Stone and the Reality Stone, then you can travel between realities. If you combine like the... Uh, the time stone and the like there's there's all these like different powers that manifest when you have multiple stones together so uh, i liked that they they pulled that in they didn't say explicitly but you know me the comic reader kind of absorbed that knowledge from from that though chad is there not a sort of a maybe this has not been established in the mcu but i think this is breaking the continuity of the comics because i know as a faithful uh, rooster teeth death battle watcher that the Infinity Stones, they they harness their power from the creation of the universe, the specific universe that they're from. And so if you take them out of your universe and go to a different universe like like Rick or Ultron, then they won't work in that new one. That is that is true in the comics, I believe. But I don't think it's ever been explicitly stated in the, um, in the MCU. 
No, apparently not. But actually, no. It, actually, in the MCU, they have they must have disproved it because I just lost my example. Because of Infinity War when or, or Endgame when they were jumping around timelines. Yes, there it is. Because 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 we learn we learn that every time someone goes back in time, they're creating variant timelines. And when they do that, you're you're in another universe at that point. Like if that's not another universe, then there is no then the multiverse. It doesn't make any sense. It has multiple sets of rules. So uh, the fact that the Infinity Stones continued to work after traveling through time proves that they can work whenever. Okay, yeah, but this isn't gonna work when he goes through the diamonds. The Infinity Stone shouldn't work anymore. Shut the fuck up, Gary. Gary, you go get my coffee. You, I know you're a supervising writer, but you're now just going to get the coffee. Fuck you, know, you one Gary. thing that I, that I liked, that barrier that they set up uh, between the different universes, it looked like the um, the mirror dimension that Doctor Strange makes in his movies where, like, like you pass through that and you're in, like, a, a universe where, like, reality doesn't affect, like, your actions don't affect reality. So it's kind of neat that that same kind of, like, wall is the barrier between each of the different dimensions mm. i like that dermamu has a summer home there what i liked is the confrontation here specifically what ultron says to the watcher where he more or less calls him uh, a voyeur pervert which is a yeah. point that i've made <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and and then he's like well uh, i've got no one to fight so let's me and you fight and i'll take over this place too and the watcher's like but i'm not supposed to fight i'm just supposed to watch and Ultron's like, well, then watch me kick your ass. Yeah. And then halfway through, the Watcher is like, oh, but by the way, I do have a full suit of armor that I can conjure. Isn't that sweet? I- I've got two points here. So so first, the Watcher says, I took a vow to never intervene. So that implies that there's a higher power that he's reporting to. Yeah, it's God, Chad. Okay. Jesus. And then the, the second point is um, in, I think it was... Guardians 2, the um, the Stan Lee cameo showed Stan Lee talking to three other watchers. So I just it just it, there's there's more going on here. And like that's MCU canon now. So I, in, in the next episode, we might see this higher power that he made a vow to or at least see other watchers, which could be interesting. Maybe he's like shunned for for intervening. And there's like another like a like another level above the watcher. All right, so they've set up a really conceptually cool fight scene, which we will get to. But first, let's do some boring Hawkeye and Black Widow shit. Uh, nothing is boring with Hawkeye and Black Widow when it ends with Hawkeye dying. So You guys are so hard on these two. It's cause he they go to the, the military base from Civil War where they find one of the Zola computers from uh, the Winter Soldier. And I love the plan here. They're like, okay, well. So Ultron has killed everyone but us uh, and taken over the world. And so in order to free the world, we will have this computer, which is the downloaded brain of a Nazi scientist, take over Ultron because that'll be better. It'll be better if the Nazi has God powers. Somehow I agree. (laughs) I think it might be. It might be better than, than Ultron being in power. I, to me, that's a wash. That's a push. Like choose one or the other. I choose, I mean, I hate to side with the Nazis, but... Mm. You guys have been doing that a lot this series. I know, yeah, it's been coming up a lot. If by you guys, you mean Chad recently, like within the last 10 seconds, then I agree. They do it. They get the Zola guy on a thumb drive. Barton shoots the thumb drive at one of the drones. And, you know, like in Star Wars Episode One, it's like, oh, we just need to take down the mothership and all the drones will go. So you 
now you beam to Ultron and and take him over. And he's like, I can't. He left the universe. And then Clint Barton's like, well, then I want to die and commit suicide. Well, he does a topsy-turvy, right? Right. In canon, Natasha Romanoff has read on her ledger, and she sacrifices herself, which was very convenient because they really didn't want to pay Scarlett Johansson any more money, apparently. And then this gives Clinton Barton the chance to do the same exact thing for her, except it didn't feel exactly the same. In the movie, Natasha Romanoff was like, let me do this. I really don't have, like, a family, which then we would go see her in a movie and be like, yeah, she does. But we know that Clint Barton has, like, children and children. So it made sense for her to make that sacrifice. But here, Hawkeye was just like, I think I'm over being alive. I suppose this is a world where his family's dead, right? Because he's the only one alive. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, chill. It's like, yeah, I I don't even have the enthusiasm to half-heartedly cough out little so random jokes. Like, I just want to die. He did it. He grabbed the box in the Russian basement and then puts it back in the watcher's basement. No, Hawkeye, you bitch! Come on! I thought the scene when he sacrificed himself at the end there, I thought that was a really pretty scene. And I think that I think that the scenes that we see with uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, it, I think it, it showcases why Ultron would have been a great villain to bring back in the MCU. I don't think I don't know if necessarily if I want to see you know God Ultron that we have now, but like the super threat where they're like calculating seconds to make sure that that, that their location is not reported and like. They're, the army never stops and they're everywhere and like the world's been completely decimated. Like that's a cool story that I wish we could explore further, even if not like post-apocalyptic, but just like the ever growing threat in the background of Ultron who could come up at any time. That's, that's why Ultron is cool. It's not because he's a robot that shoots lasers. And then at the end, they become friends with Ultron and then there's an Ultron sitcom. Wouldn't that be fun? No. Yeah, no. Okay, well let me tell you let me <laughs> let me put this out there, Chad. It will co star you. Does that uh does that grease your gravy? Yeah, As I'll do Ult- that. Sure. Chad that sounds Ultron great. Jr. Yeah. Ultron Jr. And Ultron is trying to teach you to like be a better version of himself, but he just can't stop killing innocents. I don't want you wow. to be like this, son. I don't want you to be like me. That's how James Spader talks. Hmm. What happened right. here? <laughs> All right, so that that's the cliffhanger. Zola Bot and Black Widow get away, and no one cares. So then we get the cool fight scene. They're punching each other through dimensions. We see all these wacky different realities, mostly just like various Star Wars looking planets. I'm sure I loved this something. fight. Well, I the loved best it. the best parts at the end when he punches him into like Captain America's inauguration day. Yeah, that was great. President America. Were there any other fun Easter eggs during that fight? We saw some Skrulls who looked mm-hmm. uh, like they were concerned. I was really, really waiting for something wild, like punches him past the Venom from the Venom movies. Or, you know, yeah. even crazier, punches him past like Darth Vader or some shit, but no. <laughs> punches him past like... A 2001 Hugh Jackman auditioning to be Wolverine. Right. Or like, you know, Stanley's birth. <laughs> Jeez. 
Or, or, or a universe where, where they're, where they're drawing Ultron's comic. Inside the womb with Stan Lee. That could be a sitcom. So, at the end, the Watcher's pretty much getting his ass kicked, even though he puts up a good fight, as Ryan says, he puts on his armor and he, and he puts up his fists, but he loses. How does he get away? Something happens, and Ultron, like, looks behind him, and he's like, look over there, and he gets away. <laughs> yeah. He is now in a purple orb, which is keeping him safe from Ultron's eye. Except for the fact that Ultron immediately is like, you can't hide. Except you are. So I don't... What's happening right now is perplexing. And then I was psyched about this. He turns around, and it's like the Mephisto version of Doctor Strange from the other episode. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I've come crawling back. Oh my (laughs) god. I was just excited that they decided to have other episodes matter still. Right. Just please, we don't need Captain Carter. We can skip that one. We don't need that callback. We're going to get her. There's no doubt in my <laughs> mind Captain Carter is going to be back. She's going to be the leader of the group. I also saw uh, Gamora in a picture with T'Challa Lord. Yeah, so I, I I hope unless they're bamboozling, which is very, very possible, because What If has decided to bamboozle its audience for its entire run so far. But it seems like... They're going to actually make a two-part finale, and in the second part, they're going to bring back pieces of season one, which would actually make it cool. But I don't think there's any amount of awesome this last episode, number nine, can be to make me feel differently about the series, though. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, there are movies where the the finale of the movie rationalizes and gives meaning to the rest of the, like the beginning of the movie where that was otherwise dull name them um uh, adaptation comes to mind name another um exactly uh, other films by charlie kaufman yeah other <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um breakfast so, I mean, of champions possible. uh by by kurt vonnegut name a movie just, anyone just seen. ignore me is that a book it's a book and a movie it's a bad movie how dare you oh planet of the apes which one? Well, the, the whole, the series. All of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, well, so we're coming up on the finale, you guys. Let's do my favorite thing and make brash predictions that are never right. In the finale, I think we will get some kind of oh shit connection to something wild. Like, we haven't gotten that yet. I think we will get just a little taste I said this in both Loki and and Cat and 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 WandaVision and that never happened. We will get something akin to either like X-Men or the Sonyverse or some other Disney property. That shit will happen. Are you just like are you manifesting right now? Yeah, this is uh positive thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it'll end with that. I think maybe it'll be it, like we're going to hear the watcher's voiceover and it's going to be like um, sometimes in the greatest destructions, new beginnings can form. Powers that weren't there before can lie dormant and reveal themselves. And it'll show, like, Cyclops shooting lasers as a little kid or something like that. Honestly, not a bad watcher, Chad. I would suggest that you <laughs> never be not sick ever again so you can continue to do the voice. This is very like Phoebe and Friends doing Smelly Cat when she's sick. You know, it's just always much better. <laughs> Um, I think we're going to have our first homosexual kiss <gasps> in an MCU movie, in an MCU property. In What If? Yes. 
Well, the watcher's <laughs> yeah. gonna the watcher's gonna kiss Ultron. Ooh. Yes. Well, yes. Wait, who's gonna kiss who? I don't know. Okay. Mean, you I don't know. Just, just, you you said you said to make a, a a radical prediction that's gonna be wrong. So there it is. Okay. Did you say gonna be wrong? Or you just say like most likely to be wrong. Well, and nothing would enrage Anthony Mackie more, but I mean like both both uh, Bucky and Sam are single. Mm. <laughs> Have we seen Falcon in the show at all? Yes, as a zombie. So no. Yeah. The second time we see Falcon, he's inside Steve Rogers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So Ryan, wild prediction time. What do you got? My wild prediction is Galactus. I think it introduces the idea of Galactus, and if the audience doesn't hate it, then Galactus will be not a part of the next, like, three phases, but, like, four phases from now, when they have to up their game again, or have to choose bringing the entire MCU back to Earth post-Kang, that... They will introduce Galactus as the next big baddie, you know, like 15 years from now. That's a thing I don't think will happen, but it would be neat. Okay. All right. Well, can I, wait, can I make an honest prediction now? Yes. Boo. Okay. Um, I think that there's going to be a whole big hullabaloo and a big team up and there's going to be a big fight and whether or not they're successful, which they don't have to be successful, I think that a higher power or like a, an order of watchers or something is going to reveal itself and we're going to realize that even though everything seemed like it was dire and very significant this was just a what if about the watcher and there's like he's a story inside a story and there's like a bigger universe watching everything that's unfolding yeah he lives inside of a snow globe that's in chad's dining room there's another watcher watching the watcher you know, or there's, there's, or, or, or like, it's like, like Rick and Morty. Like there's, there's a, a portion of the multiverse that he watches over, but like they can just jettison that one out and there's plenty of other universes around and none of it mattered. That would be sick. Like the watcher just gets beaten to death by Ultron and then we pull out and like the super watchers watching this. He's like, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too bad I didn't help that guy. Gary, are you okay? <laughs> Gary? Oh, Fuck, Gary's dead. Gary's always dead. This is the second Gary in this podcast. Yeah, they're both named Gary. Some news for y'all, guys. Y'all. Yeah. The Ms. Marvel show has been pushed back to next year, which is excellent news because it means that we only have to get through the the Hawkeye show before we can move on with our lives and get off Disney+. Plus. So that's good. Well, no, they're announcing there's, there's like Disney Plus Day coming up. Oh, God. Where they're going to announce a whole bunch of new properties and stuff in marvel is supposed to be uh, featured on disney plus day well there's also this other thing where we can decide our own fates because (laughs) we're adult human beings i think for sure we're going to do an episode on uh squid game one episode on the whole first season adam and i have discussed doing a series on the first season of white lotus I'm watching a whole lot of television at the moment. I just finished Nine Perfect Strangers. I'm in the middle of Ted Lasso as it's coming out. And I'm watching Only Murders in the Building on Netflix. I'm So I'm all over the place. But even more so than that, I'm excited to get off Disney Plus and uh, maybe back into something on HBO. That'd be neat. Yeah, or at least HBO Plus. Uh, well, yeah, my Adam and I are talking about doing uh, maybe going through the entire the entirety of another shared cinematic universe the uh 
The Conjureverse. You don't own him. Pretty bad movies. Anyway, in other news, related to what Ryan said about getting back to HBO Max, I have what I hope here is true, and if so, excellent news for everyone. So, Raised by Wolves is canceled. According to the editor-in-chief of GeekOcityMagazine.com, Mikey Mm. Sutton is his name, and apparently in the past, his His insider- Mikey, going with that as an adult. Okie doke. His industry sources in the past have given him insight to correctly predict when the Snyder Cut would be announced and when the Disney-Sony Spider-Man deal was going to be finalized, right? He predicted that shit. Well, not predicted. He, he, He reported it according to industry sources that he has. And according to industry sources that he has, there is a lot of talk and a lot of buzz about release the air cut to the point no. where we may get a air cut announcement at next month's DC fandom. Not because no. Warner Brothers wants to do it. Warner Brothers specifically does not want to do it. Warner Brothers did not want to do the Snyder cut, but because AT&T sees the dollar signs and AT&T feels like James Gunn's Suicide Squad did not earn the amount of money that they wanted that they can now because apparently the 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 air cut is like ready to go right and yeah, so that was it, the it costs the them nothing cut. and so they're because, like well if we didn't get what we wanted with james gunn's suicide squad maybe we can make up the difference with hbo max subscribers with release the air cut that's fine i don't care the only thing that i take from that that is positive is the possibility of watching the air cut the same way we ended up doing the Snyder Cut because I had a lot of fun on that podcast where we just mm-hmm. made it a show within ourselves. If that's what comes out of it, then great. I Maybe we figure out what happened on that submarine. That'd be cool. <laughs> a bigger picture, though, look at what's happening is if AT&T cares about the dollar signs and therefore is listening to the people, that might mean that we'll get more stories that more, more movies that line up with what the people actually want. I don't think so at all. Well, I I think that DC studios or whatever, Warner brothers, the DC branch of Warner brothers has kind of been slowly realizing that like, yeah, there's a broad appeal for some of our movies, but actually the the fanboy pander movies do end up making us uh, a good amount of money in the end. That like we can have a Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie and capture that market, but our our angry fanboys don't go see it. But we can make both movies. We can make a broad appeal movie and we can make a niche angry fanboy movie the response to the snyder cut at least like on social media amongst angry dc fanboys was extremely positive and right. and, and extremely engaged right so you think that what they're going to do is they're going to release a version of the movie publicly and then a year later release like the director's cut that right. is different a, a version but, but, but for angry the- fanboys Angry fanboy version. There'll be like the the fanboy verse. Yeah, because it's cheaper. They're just releasing things that are already like they're releasing the same thing twice. And they're putting a bow on a, a dog that you got a year ago. And you're like, this is my dog. It's actually really smart. Like they're they're just they're doubling the cost of their post production, but that means they don't need to hire new actors, get new new locations, hire new directors. Oh, I highly if doubt it's if, doubling the cost if, of post production. It's probably well, no, like if they're <clears throat> having an editor for another day. If they're doing it intentionally, I mean, I don't think this is going to happen. Of course they're doing it intentionally. 
No, 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 no. Hear me out. No. If they're if they're intentionally uh, releasing a movie with the with the the intention of releasing a second version that plays more into like the fanboy what like what what the the comic book readers want, they've they've cut the cost of pre and production, and all they need to do is re-edit and like re-CGI some scenes. And then release a whole second movie that probably that could get a comparable return on investment. It's it's really smart, and I don't think they're going to do it. Oh, I think they're going to do it, and I think this is why. This is what happened between an AT and T executive and Walter Hamada. Okay, but so what you're saying is, uh, Walter, that we have a second version of the movie made, but we're not releasing it? Well, you see, we've got this brand, and it's important to have continuity with the brand, and also, like, we don't want to egg on these fans that keep sending me death threats, right? We don't want to show them that they can control us, you know? Walter, I'd like you to uh, get real close. Okay, get real close. I want to smell your lunch. Get, get over mm, here. Mm, mm. Take your brand and shove it straight up your ass. If we have the opportunity to make one cent off these stupid people, then you are going to make the move. Every goddamn superhero needs five movies. Okay, we shoot five at once. We release them. They have five more minutes at the end of them every year. And we just keep pushing it out to these idiots. We'll make money forever! And scene. <laughs> Everyone has already made this point, but it is very funny to think that, like, you know, there was a big discourse when the Snyder Cut got announced that, like, DC anti-fans were like, why does this get a sequel, but something, you know, that, that other fans are interested in, like a sequel to A Stitch in Time's never going to happen, but the, the Snyder Cut comes out, and it's like, well, clearly they wanted it more. Right. And if you want a sequel to The Stitch in Time, you should be online sending death threats. Right. Violence is the only solution. And if you're not willing to get violent, then we're not willing to give you the thing that will make you laugh, cry, feel. So that's the air cut. Let's hope for the air cut. There's also rumors. These rumors come from BigFreakingRobot.com, which is a shitty clickbait site, which is always wrong with the things they predict. But they say that Henry Cavill... Who, who Ryan and I, I think we're both Henry Cavill fans. Are you, are you, Chad? I, I think he's quite good. He's good in The Witcher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really, he's, he's good he's as good. Superman. Yeah. Uh, I love him. He wants to do a fan-pleasing live-action version of Injustice, which if you guys don't know, that's the Mortal Kombat-style game where the Justice League is evil and takes over the world. It's really good. It's very, very good. There's a comic book tie-in. The comic is great as well. They're making an uh, animated movie, yeah. Animated movie comes out next month. And so Henry Cavill is is a gamer first of all, so he may have played those games, and he's kind of a he's kind of a, a himbo nerd, so you know he, he might he might be interested in actually making that happen. I'm sure that's just the the trash lies of a hack from giantfreakingrobot.com, but I hope they're true. That would be so good, right, like a non-canon version of that story to just be what it is. That'd be great. Do you think Ben Affleck would do it? Nothing is canon in the DC universe anymore. Everything has been. Like retconned and rewritten, and like the, the DCEU is is non-existent. They're they're replacing actors left and right. It's it, I I have no faith that there's going to be any kind of continuity. Well, they're gonna they're gonna set all it straight in the Flashpoint movie, Chad. They're gonna make it make sense. Yeah. Oh, they're so <laughs> so you're saying they're gonna use a, a movie about time travel to make things make more sense? 
Right. Mm, <laughs> um, a tale as old as time. But um, I, that that article that you uh, read, James, or that you you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, it sounds to me like someone trying to create enough buzz to have the Twitter army start sending death threats until the movie that they want to get made gets made. You know, I'd, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this for the second time. On Rooster Teeth's death battle, they recently had uh, an episode with the Reverse Flash, who I previously knew nothing about, and he's got a really interesting backstory. They ought to get yeah, him into the mix. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, that I agree. What if, guys? It's what ifs mercifully will be over next week, and and then we'll do other things. That is true. I'd like to thank the patrons very specifically for allowing us to keep making these episodes and hosting them because that's not free. I'd like to thank Connor O'Dowd, Jamie Lochner, Anthony Wells, David Levin Podcast, James Watch My Dong, Atheism Unstoppable, Chris Wood, Brent Ginn, David Levin Westworld, Craig, John Jurds, Major Woody, and Carol Andreas for the money. P.S. And by the way, two or three days from now, Nothing Star Season 1, Episode 3 comes out. And that's pretty cool. James and Chad will be in upcoming episodes as well. So that's also positive. Yeah, I'm excited. And and I'm excited for the air cut. Hashtag release the air cut. I'm going to just now I'm going to be on social media for the next couple hours. I'm going to send death threats to Ryan, see if that does anything to get the air cut sent out. I look forward to them. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.